The gospel reading this morning is from St. Luke chapter 4, verses 16 through 30, and can be found in your pew Bible on page 1596. Glory to you, Lord. Luke chapter 4, verses 16 through 30. He went to Nazareth where he had been brought up. On the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim Good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant, and he sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened onto him. He began by saying to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. Isn't this Joseph's son? They asked. Jesus said to them, surely you will quote this proverb to me. Physician, heal yourself. And you will tell me, do here in your hometown what we have heard that you did in Capernaum. Truly I tell you, he continued, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. I assure you that There were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time. When the sky was shut for three and a half years and there was a severe famine throughout the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of them, but to a widow in Zarephath in the region of Sidon. And there were many in Israel with leprosy in the time of Elisha, the prophet. Yet not one of them was cleansed, only Naaman, the Syrian. All the people in the synagogue, they were furious when they heard this. They got up, they drove him out of town, and took him to the brow of a hill on which the town was built in order to throw him off the cliff, but he walked right through the crowd and went on his way. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Pray with me. May the words of my mouth 
and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. I smiled a little bit as before that prayer, um, because yesterday in our men's group, the prayer is, it, you, you, you must have noticed it this morning in the, as we spoke this psalm, but Psalm 19, 14. And uh, truly the men's group is a band of brothers, and I am so grateful for them. Um, we raise each other up, we encourage each other, we pray for each other, and we make a little bit of fun of each other too. But it was fun to hear, hey, I've heard that before. So there you have it. This morning, I wanted to talk to you about promises. I'm going to add a little more in ho about hope. People make promises every day, don't they? Uh, sometimes we give something to another person as a sign of our promise. Sometimes we sign our name to seal our promise. And other times, we just, we just give our word to another person that, that we will do something. And I'm sure, well, I know that uh, you've all seen a ring like this. Many of you men are wearing a wedding band. And we know and have explained to little children that this is when a man and a woman get married and they usually make promises together and um, to one another rather and they say something like, I promise to love you for better or worse, for richer or poorer, in sickness and in health, as long as we both shall live. And then... They exchange their rings as a symbol of that promise. Now, here's another example of a promise. It's an ordinary letter. It has a return stamp here, and the address the, to the person is here, and up here is what? A stamp. Well, that's a promise that the Postal Service promises to deliver this letter to the person that you've addressed it to. And we know sometimes they don't keep their promise, right? So the thing that they say, though, is that <coughs> much like the promise that we do in marriage, uh, it doesn't matter if it's a cloudy or sunny day, raining or snowing, right? Rain, snow, sleet, and wind. The U.S. Postal Service will deliver, right? Unless it doesn't. But that's a promise that the stamp represents. And we, we put faith in that. We might insure the package just in case, but, but that's the promise. Now, here's another example of a promise. Credit card, right? So 
we go out to dinner or something maybe not as fun, repair a car or something like that, we, we pull out the fantastic plastic, don't we? And uh, plunk that baby down and we have to sign a receipt, don't we? It says, I promise to pay that. So we, we make lots of promises every day. People make promises every day. You do, I do. Unfortunately, though, some people don't always keep their promises. They do. It's in our nature. Sometimes promises get broken. And let me ask you, how does that feel? You ever had a, a promise broken to you? Sometimes promises are broken so regularly that the only point you can count on, the only thing you can count on from that person making that promise is that you can't count on that person. Promise keeping can turn into promise breaking. And, and really, honestly, you and me are not promise keepers. We're promise breakers, every one of us, regardless of your credit score, we're promise breakers. And breaking promises, it hurts people because people are counting on you, that you would keep your promise. Perhaps by earthly example, people can become weary of, of those that, that break their promises. And it should not be, but oftentimes Christians break promises to non-Christians. And those people that don't believe yet, well, there goes another lying Christian. People look good on Sunday, but Monday through Saturday, it should not be. And that can happen, and oh, Lord, forgive us. Whereupon people that have had experiences with <laughs> Christians in the flesh, remember I said, yours truly, all of you, we're, we're not promise keepers, we're promise breakers, but... That may cause people, I'm sure it has caused people, I've had people admit to me that it caused them to not trust God. Because if his kids don't keep their promise, why should I think he does? What promises do God, does God keep? Every one of them, you bet, all of them. Every one of them. God makes promises to us and he has kept them all, and that is what we get to hear today in our gospel reading. Before we get into that, 2 Corinthians chapter 120. Paul writes, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Now our 
gospel today, Jesus went to his hometown. You would think everybody would be glad to see him. And they were. At first, he was in the city of Nazareth on a Sabbath day, so he did what he always did in, on the Sabbath, and that was go to the synagogue, right? And in that synagogue, we hear that he stood up and he began to read the words of the prophet Isaiah from the Scripture. And he read where it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. When he finished reading, he sat down and all the eyes were on him. Have you ever had that happen to you? Everybody's eyes were on you. And they began to speak to him. Or he spoke to them. He says, the scripture that you have just read or just heard read was, has been fulfilled this very day. Jesus came to earth to fulfill the promise of God, and all of God's promises are fulfilled in him, and he just claimed that right in front of those people. And at first we hear they thought that was pretty amazing. Isn't that Joseph's son? Wow. Local boy is made good. But then Jesus being the one of truth, said, surely you will quote this proverb to me, physician, heal yourself. And you will tell me, do here in your hometown what you have heard that, or what we have heard that you did in, in Capernaum. He says, he, the people are going to want him to start healing them. Making things right for them. By the way, you're, you're from here. Do it. And he says further, he says, there's no prophet accepted in this hometown. I assure you that there were many widows. No prophet is accepted in his hometown. Okay, let's talk about this. You ever try to give your child advice? And they take it? You ever try to coach a child, your own child, in baseball? Did they take it? Well, let me tell you, my personal experience, I'm just the dumbest guy that ever was because they don't listen to me on those kind of things. But, boy, you put them in front of a coach, and they hang on his every word. So I have tested and verified that no prophet has any honor in his house, at least not the Whitney household. And that can happen in a lot of things. Well, I'll tell my wife, I think that she goes, Maybe we better get a professional, right? Well, that's not necessarily a bad thing, but what Jesus is saying is that no prophet is accepted in his hometown. I assure you here that there were many widows in Israel during Elijah's time, and we know the story of Elijah and the widow. She was going to make her last meal, and he asked her for a, something to eat, and she says, I'm 
I don't have anything really. We're going to go make one little cake, a little bit of oil that I have left, and uh, then my son and I are going to die. And he says to her, go and take your pots. And the pots never ran out of oil, and the flour never went away. And this woman was um, satiated. She was fed throughout the rest of the time until the uh, famine was over. God kept his promise. But what Jesus was pointing out was not so much the glory of God and the miracle that was happened through Elijah. He was pointing out that the woman was not a Jew. He was pointing out that that, that miracle was not for the chosen people, you sitting here. That miracle was to show God's glory through a Gentile. And further, he went on to tell about the lepers. You know, it, it, to paraphrase in, in my own vernacular, there are a lot of people that were, had leprosy that were Jews. A lot of them. And the one that was picked to be healed was Elisha, the prophet, and he cleansed Naaman, a man of war, and a Gentile. Syrian. Well, that didn't go over real well in his hometown. And where they were once marveling at the words that this gracious young man that had done good and performed all of these miracles throughout the land, and they got furious. And they chased him out, and they wanted to to throw him over a cliff. Okay. God's chosen people believed his promises when it fit them, when it suited them. And they came to expect that just by virtue of who they were, how they were born into it, that the blessings would just keep coming on them, whether or not they kept their promises to God or not. Remember from earlier lessons that time and time again, they would say, we promise there is no other God. Moses was gone for a little while, right? And what happened? Your brother's not coming back. We need something to worship. He says, all right, Aaron. He says, all right, give me all your gold. And they made a calf, and they all worshiped it. And Moses came back, and oh, boy. They broke their promise to God. Time and time and time, the people broke their promises, and yet God didn't say, like you and I may well, you're just a big liar. The only time that I know that you're lying is when your lips are moving. He pursued his people. He loved his people, unfaithful people. He ran after them and said, I love you. I have a better way. And finally, he showed how much he loved the world by giving his only son. Whosoever, we talked about that, yes, sir. Who, whosoever should believe. You're whosoever's. 
And there's a bunch of whosoever's out there that, that, that God would want to have bring in to our lives and to our influence and to hear the good word. To tell them of his promises that are true. Not only backed up in scripture, but maybe in our own lives where we can relate to this person. Have you had promises broken to you? Yeah, me too. If I'm being honest with you, yeah, I'm a Christian, but there's been some promises I didn't keep. And I should have, but I didn't. But my, I'm forgiven, and I went and I sought to, to, to fix it. But you know what? God loved me anyways, loves me anyways. And so he gave me faith, and he gave me baptism, and he wiped away all of the broken promises that I ever made through the promise that he came through with with his son Jesus on that cross, crucified for you and for me. And not only that, he didn't say the bill was paid, but he said this. He said, well, Paul tells us, we die to death like Jesus. And surely we will be reborn, resurrected in a resurrection like Jesus. That's a promise that you can cling to, regardless of whether you deserve it or not. And by the way, you don't, and neither do I. God keeps his promises. Now, I'm not saying, well, you know what? If you don't keep your promise, don't worry. God will forgive you. That's no way to live. That's kind of like Paul saying, shall we sin more that grace may abound more? Certainly not. That's not the way. But if we fall, if we slip up, God who is faithful just is quick to forgive our sins. Why? Because he loves you. Because you're his beloved children. Because you're clothed in his son, his righteousness. In the name of Jesus. Amen.